0: It's like playing Madden, like, but in Madden.
1: I got you coming like a man,
2: man. Bludgeon, 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 bludgeon. Bludgeon, Wing
0: Wingstop 20 piece. See, he drums only.
2: This team for flats. Stafford's been the best quarterback I've played with. Um, the guy can flat out play. Man, I can He's always, always do work. work bro. I can always do work. Y'all know what I am. Around six, pick 200. I can always get work. The Back Judge boys are back. Last week, uh, great effort by me and Tommy, but I was uh, having one of the more intense weeks of my life, and we were missing Lee Murray, but, but he's back now in his Detroit digs. We got the Wi-Fi working. Uh, Lee, how does it feel to, to be back after one week off?
1: Feels really good. I definitely missed you guys last week, but I think you guys made some good content, and just makes me that much hungrier to get back at it after that week off, man. Take something away for a week in your life. And then come back to it, something that you enjoy, you're just going to be that much hungrier. You know? A word to the wise.
2: How did the, uh, how'd the Weekly Five do this week?
1: Oh, man. It was I was really shooting for four. I made it clear in the article I was shooting for four because I got three two weeks in a row. And then BC completely... Just skewered me. A 21 point favorite losing outright on Friday night. So it's an awful way to start the weekly five. <laughs> then I get three in a row, three close calls Oklahoma State covering, uh, Louisville covering, and Pitt covering. And then the nighttime slate, the Kentucky Wildcats, they look great all game. They're playing just how I kind of assumed they would. It was right within the score. And then Florida running clock up one point scores a touchdown. And it pushes my eight pushes with Kentucky, so kind of a you know a bittersweet weekly five, but definitely you know three one and one. It's my best week so far.
2: Still both, five hundred. If I if I do recall that, that pit with Narduzzi was your kind of big bet of the week.
1: It, it was my big bet because a lot of the you know the, the so-called sharps out there loved Penn State. They kind of thought Penn State would, would pick the number in this game. And I just, you know, Pittman, I think it's the last time they're going to be playing in a little while. And Narduzzi had the whole team. No one was talking. No one did any media things. They were locked in, and I thought 17 was just way too many. I think Penn State's overrated. So I'm going to be releasing my second Weekly Five podcast this week. It should be up Thursday morning. I'll be doing it tonight. Um, you know, good content for the people. M- me with the Weekly Five and Danner coming in with his own little version, NFL. and
2: With the stunks. Yeah, we're 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 turning into a gambling show here over at the back judge.
1: And uh, my Twitter account
0: has been just blowing out heat. Knock on wood, I'm undefeated on on Twitter bets. Now I'm not undefeated for the season so far. I've actually had a little bit of a rough go, but all the ones that I choose to put on Twitter, I've been hitting. So where's that verification <laughs> at, Jack Dorsey?
2: Hit me up. Certified sharp. He's a verified sharp baby. So you just
1: only bet on your Twitter bets from now on, then.
0: Got too much capital.
2: <laughs>
1: Whatever.
0: Got way too much capital, buddy. Come on.
2: Lee last last week uh Tommy, I forgot that Tommy has $80 on uh on the Falcons to make the playoffs. And uh it's just I don't know. That's a just <laughs> big big win for you on Sunday night there. Huge. Yeah. Huge. I don't
1: know, and, man. I like that I, bet. I still four, like that bet. It's a good bet. I, no, I think it was a great
0: bet for the value, and, and I kind of wanted to talk about that when we got to this, this Falcons-Indianapolis game a little bit. But, you know, the NFC South wide man is just
1: wide, wide
0: open, open yeah. and the Falcons need to, to grab it by the neck. They're obviously the best team. They got the best quarterback, and, and they've been disappointed uh, to me through two weeks. So I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit. A little bit later, uh, do you want to start off with this, this Thursday night banger club? Uh,
2: I I would love to, and I was texting with with Dolan earlier. Christmas came early. It's the El Clasico. Uh, it's the obligatory AFC South Titans-Jags Thursday night football game. Uh, this one's always a thriller. Last year, uh, I lost my uh, chance at the fantasy playoffs because of that Derrick Henry TD run. I had him on my bench. Well, A last-second J.P. Shady tinker time decision that that cost me the season in, the, in this one. But uh, they're coming back at it again week three, and Titans just like – I'm, I'm so upset with them right now. Not that I'm like a big Titans guy, but how do you lay the hammer against the Browns week one in their building and then just come back and continue whatever godforsaken losing streak you have against the Colts – I just didn't make any sense to me. I mean, obviously it makes sense to me because they're the Titans and they do these types of things, but I think it would have been a really good opportunity for this team to start off 2-0, and especially in a week where the Texans looked kind of shaky and they kind of blew in a big opportunity in a big spot at home last week. So this is, this is a must win for me going into the Jags against Gardner Minshew and with the controversy kind of going on right now with Jalen Ramsey and Jacksonville.
0: Yeah, I think we all were probably a little bit misled by that week one, uh, you know, blowout in Cleveland. Uh, you know, obviously, I think Cleveland isn't as as staunch as at least I thought they were, and and Tennessee I think was playing very inspired that week, and and I think they've kind of regressed to their mean a little bit. Um, and then Jacksonville, uh, you know, very well could have beat could have beat uh, Houston this this past week. Uh, they they went for two with Leonard Fournette. Minchu drove him down to to put uh, to get that touchdown, and then they went for two with Leonard Fournette and, and unfortunately did not get it. Clep, uh, did you have the Texans as your survivor? Was no, I was, on
2: the, I was on the Pats.
0: You are on the yeah. Pats? Okay, someone in our pick, uh, I think it might have been Danner, I don't know. Someone Danner had uh, the Texans, so it was Danner? Yeah, so, I mean, I word of the wise to any of our listeners, I would avoid AFC South bets uh, or bouts, I mean, for any any type of survivor pick. I think the favorite, I think it kind of just all gets washed away and these guys beat, beat the crap out of each other. Uh, but I'm kind of leading Titans in this game against Jacksonville. Uh, I could see this being a defensive effort, and I just think the Titans have a little bit better of a team. Of course, I wouldn't be shocked if Jacksonville wins, and I expect it to be a one-possession game. But uh, I'm with the Titans this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't have any more confidence in this in this in the outlook of this game than I do in any other Thursday night divisional game that has ever been played in the NFL since they started playing Thursday night football. These games are not easy to pick. I, for one, historically am not great at picking Thursday night games, but I'm definitely leaning tight ends. I don't really think they regressed in week two. Obviously, they were very impressive in week one, but I think everyone was just overhyping the Browns. And it was more just the Browns really playing awful against a solid Titans defense that took advantage of the Browns' awful play. And then week two, it's like, I don't I picked the, the Colts. Tommy, I'm fairly sure you're, you did too, or clap, one of you. Did. Uh, and this is kind of just classic Titans. I mean, I expect them to come out and win this game against the Jaguars like in a close one. It'll be kind of like a classic Thursday night matchup. I could see it being like a 24-17 or 24-20 game. Uh, but I definitely lean Titans. I, 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 I like them more than the Jaguars as of right now. And I do like Garner Minshew and what I've seen from him. But with all the Ramsey controversy and the overall just kind of just the outlook of the Jaguars right now, I, I just think the Titans have a stronger unit uh, this far in the season. And I believe in them more to to win this, uh, win this game on the road than I do the Jaguars to win it at home. So my confidence is definitely in the Titans. But I wouldn't be, you know, betting any big money on it or anything like that.
0: With – Without uh, giving up our, our source, do you want to do you want to drop our oh. our? Uh, I'll give up the source. P- potentially potentially shoddy. Gotta, you uh, gotta give credit. Sh-
1: you gotta give credit to John Daner. Either he'll be wrong <laughs> or he'll be right. But and he wasn't he wasn't banging his fist on the table saying that this was a fact. But he was saying some of his sources have told him that there have been talks of a trade that would most likely go through Friday, the day after this game that Jalen Ramsey would, would be traded to the Tennessee Titans for Corey Davis in a first-round pick, uh, something of that nature. Um, but definitely would be an interesting swap of two former top five picks uh, on either side of the ball. And uh, in the division, I, I kind of have, Clep, you texted it earlier. I totally agree with you. I kind of have a tough time seeing it happen just because of the the way this division is. And I, I don't really see the these two teams doing – uh, a deal, I guess, that high scale with each other, but uh, at the same time, I wouldn't necessarily be shocked if it happened, just because it's almost like the Jalen Ramsey Jaguars rivalry is is going to sprout the instant he leaves the team, and who better for that rivalry to really you know be at its peak point than an in division in division rival who's you know he came on that podcast or whatever and said he wanted to play for the Titans Taylor the Wands podcast, so there's a little bit of a history here and. Uh, Danner's hometown boy, are, he's from Nashville. Danner's sources are definitely, you know, they're not always right, but definitely perk your ears up when you're hearing something, you know? <laughs>
2: um, I know Tommy wants to, – we're not going to touch too much on this Dolphins-Cowboys game. Uh, I'll, I'll quickly say that the Cowboys are my survivor lock of the week. I'm frankly just going against the Dolphins until I don't feel comfortable doing it, which I can't imagine any other team I, – I mean, I don't know who I would really – not pick against the Dolphins, especially with the survivor pool. But, Tommy, I know you wanted to have a few points on the Cowboys here.
0: Yeah, they're also my survivor lock of the week for for this week. And, um, you know, I think that would be the case even if the Cowboys weren't playing as well as they were. But I just kind of wanted to – obviously they've played the Giants and the Redskins who are are two of the bottom teams of the NFL. But the Cowboys offense and and more specifically Dak Prescott looks like a completely different – you know, passer and, and player. And I don't know how much of that is due to Kellen Moore and how he's expanded this offense. But, you know, Dak Prescott, I, I'm starting to eat all my words about him being the last priority for, for them to, you know, for in terms of the guys that they're going to have to pay. And now with Zeke and Jalen Smith out of the way, you know, Dak Prescott is making making a case for the fact that he very well could be the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL, which is something that if you were to tell me two weeks ago, I would have said that's ridiculous and, I you know, you know, I didn't think that, that was supposed to happen, but he's certainly playing himself into that conversation. And I just wanted to uh, keep that dialogue going on, on the week-to-week podcast that this Cowboys offense is really impressing me and Dak Prescott even more is, is really impressing me
1: sound the survival red alert alarms because i am also picking the cowboys this week in in survival oh God. uh definitely scary definitely kind of going to rethink also, that last now year that you guys week, week 3 was the, was
2: the bills bills vikings was week bills 3 last Vi- year too
1: i would i would say was it week 3 no one there's no quarterback in the room on the dolphins that's anything like josh allen in the way where not that josh Allen's some sp- spectacular talent but can even have the moxie or gamer ability or drive to off this Cowboys team on the road after being outscored by however many hundred points they've been outscored by in the first two weeks of the season. Um, I think at the home. Cowboys... Both the I at go, home. <laughs> I wouldn't go as far as to say the things Tommy's saying about Dak, just because we harp so hard on how the first three weeks of this team's schedule is very easy. Uh, the, the Giants and the Redskins are seller teams and the Dolphins are the seller team. So these are these should be three wins for the Cowboys. And I'm more looking, obviously Dak has been very impressive and he's doing things that he hasn't necessarily done consistently before. But I'm more looking towards the middle and end of their schedule to see how he's going to be performing. And if he's performing at the same level and they're continually looking like a top three team in the NFL, then I would say maybe he's, you know, we can open up a conversation about him being worth that money. But as of right now, Um, I think he's still got a little bit more to prove. Uh, The two games so far have been impressive, but not necessarily against top-end talent whatsoever.
2: Let's go to the Bengals and Bills, and my my Bills are 2-0, baby, and they're looking a lot better than the Jets are right now with with Sam Darnold out with mono. So I'm feeling pretty good about my Bills right now. I think this could potentially be a trap game for them. Uh, I'm I'm nervous for them a little bit just because – Next week you got the Pats coming to town, and I really don't – I think you could lose a lot of momentum if you're in the Bills and you drop one of the Bengals, and Patriots coming in next week, that's a likely loss. So this is a, a very important game for the Bills this week.
0: Yeah, it really is an important game for the Bills, and uh, they were my survivor pick last week, and and they won a lot easier than I really expected them to. And this is a team that, you know – uh, is their defense is is just playing really great? Their offensive line is playing great. Uh, the running back by committee that they got going is working as well. I, I'm not sure if Singletary is going to be out for this week. I know that he didn't practice today, but I'm sure he'll be a game time decision. They they have enough of a a staple behind him to to kind of keep that thing going. And the Bengals on the other hand is. You know, I wanted to see, I I picked them against San Francisco as more of a fade of San Francisco and, you know, coming off that, that win in Tampa, which I thought was a little misleading and uh, you know, San Francisco walked all over the Bengals and you know, this is starting to make me think that that game against Seattle might've been a little bit of a flash in the pan and and this team is really struggling. And you know, my first pick in our dynasty league, Joe Mixon has, has yet to really make an impact. Uh, and this offense has really been has really been been driven by by Zach Taylor and Andy Dalton, and and Dalton did not play well uh, last week, uh, you know. So I, I I'm going to pick the Bills in this game. I think they're a better team and at home. I think their defense is going to be able to limit a lot of the things that this offense wants to do, and then uh, you know vice versa. I think the Bengals have a nice defensive front and a little bit of an underrated defensive front. Uh, but I expect the Bills to to inch to inch one out this week and, and just be a better team. And like you said, Adam, with, with New England coming to town next week or if they're going to New England, just getting this win under their belt
2: so they could potentially lose a game uh, next week. And Lee, uh, Tommy picking the, the Bengals over the Niners, just a, a classic Tommy fade of his own prediction, right? Yeah,
1: it is, it is a classic Tommy fade of his own prediction. <laughs> uh, you've got less and less confidence since the, the Niners have been doing more and more good things, but uh, whatever. Um I'm, I'm back on the train this week. We'll get yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bengals at Bills. I think this is just kind of a spot where the Bills are a trap game for every team they're playing against that's better than them, them on paper, and every team who plays against the Bills that's worse than them on paper is a trap game for the Bills, I feel like, just because of the gunslinging nature of this team, kind of. Um, it's worked in their favor so far, and I obviously got to tip my cap to a team that's able to get two road wins. I know they were both in the same state, but... Still, it's a big deal, and uh, playing their home opener this week, uh, I think this is a really well-coached defense. This is a Bills team that is doing definitely looks like a team that can win eight or nine games this year. Uh, I'm not super shocked. Obviously, look a lot better than the Jets as of right, you know, this juncture of the season. Um, and, and yeah, this is just a spot where I don't have the utmost confidence of Bills. I think they're of the Bills. I think they're a six-point favorite. I'd probably stay away, but in pick 'em, I'll definitely be picking the Bills. I think this is kind of just. Uh, second year in, in Josh Allen's progression as a player. I think he's getting a, a little bit better in terms of managing a game and understanding how to win games. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I think they have one of the top defenses in the league. So at home, the, the fans will be psyched. This is definitely a week-by-week team that, that is playing very confidently. So I'm definitely leaning towards the Bills. Uh, it could be closer than people think, but uh, but I'm, I'm leaning Bills.
2: Yeah, I think, I think it'll be an interesting one. I'm I'm, I'm going to pick the Bills, and I think they're just a nice little feel-good story right now, for sure, and I'd like to see it continue. So, But let's go to a big game at the link, and that's Detroit Lions coming off that win. Lee Risky survived them famously last pod. Even though he wasn't on it, we got that in. And just like kind of last week, the Lions caught the Chargers in a good week with all the injuries that they were suffering The Lions seem to be kind of catching the Eagles in a good week here too because the Eagles are coming off a tough loss on Sunday night football in Atlanta. Uh, I read today that Doug Peterson canceled their padded practice today. They usually have padded practices on Wednesdays, and he canceled it because of the amount of injuries and just nagging stuff that some of the starters have. Deshaun Jackson isn't going to be playing again this week. So it's just I think it's an interesting spot for the Lions coming off a nice win at home. I mean, debate all you want about whether or not they caught some breaks or not, but a win's a win, especially against a team, despite the injuries, the Chargers are pretty talented, and the Lions kind of struggled to get stuff going but pulled it out in the end. I don't know. I, I think the Lions can definitely keep this one close on the road. and going to pick them. I'm probably going to have to lean Eagles, but the Lions fan in me is seeing some hope.
1: Um yeah, Klep, speaking of the Lions fan and you, the Lions fan and me expects a one-possession game in the fourth quarter. Um, that's kind of just my outlook on the game right now due to what you just said, the injuries on the Eagles side. Uh, definitely trying to cancel those voices out a little bit and be as objective as possible. Uh, the Eagles are playing at home, coming off a very tough loss, like you said, Klep. I just think this team is too well coached and still has too much talent to let another one slide against a team that they probably should beat at home. But the way I'm, you know, the way the Lions have been looking this year, they're a scrappy team. Uh, they catch some breaks, but obviously they've taken advantage of some of those breaks, too. And I expect the Lions definitely to play this one close, and I probably would stay away from the point spread. Um, definitely going to stay away from betting the game just because it's the Lions. But definitely have hope as a, as a fan of the Lions. But, again, like you, Clep, and pick them. Definitely will be picking the Eagles. Have more confidence in them to win the game this year. And, uh Big, big, big week next week for the Lions. Got big things coming then. Those boys are going to be in that parking we'll lot. We'll leave it at early.
2: that. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, you
1: guys will
0: leave it at that. Uh, I'm on the Eagles hard, man. I take them with the points. Uh, you know, the Lions ha- have, are, are one and zero and one in two games that I think they, I mean, the Cardinals game, maybe not as much as the Chargers, but the, the they are, are seriously lacking in coaching, especially coming up against a team led by Doug Peterson, who I think is one of the better better coaches in the NFL or one of the more elite coaches in the NFL. And this Eagles team, I think, is just a lot better than the Lions and isn't going to give them the chances that a team like the Chargers gave uh, gave them. And I think they are coming off a loss in Atlanta in a game that they you know, very well could have won, and Matt Ryan's play kind of kept that Eagles team team into it and gave Carson Wentz a, a chance to prove that, you know, Wentz looked, I think, played really well in that, in that game against the Falcons and, and showed a little bit of what made him that MVP favorite two years ago and, and this type of skill set that he possesses. So I'm on the Eagles hard for this game. And, you know, they are bit by the injury bug, but I, I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure it's only Deshaun Jackson is out long-term for the next two to four weeks. I'm not sure about Alshon Jeffrey and Dallas Goddard. I know they both, they both went out early, but... Uh, you know, this is just a team that I think is is much better than the Lions, much better coached, and and I expect a, a win and a, and a point spread cover.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, we'll see. It's definitely, I think, one of the more um, underrated matchups of the week. I think some people are definitely going to overlook this one, and uh, it should be a good one. And let's go just quickly to uh, Jets' Pats. I believe Luke Falk is starting for the Jets. Am I? Yeah. So. I think that's kind of, I mean, if you're going to look for anything interesting about this game, Luke Falk is basically like a Tom Brady, modeled his entire game John Tom Brady. When he was getting drafted, all you heard about was, oh, the Pats will definitely take this guy in the seventh round, and they just took Danny Etling instead. But um, definitely a nice little spot for him starting off his career against his idol. Hey, you never know. But uh, with this one in Gillette, you got to say uh, Patriots in, in a big one here.
0: Yeah, Patriots and a big one. No surprises here. Uh, I, I mean, the Jets kind of, I don't want to say, I wasn't one of those people that were were just trashing the Jets after that loss Monday night. Obviously, they were without Darnold. Simeon went down with a pretty nasty ankle injury uh, pretty early, but you know, the fact, I think this jets defense is hopefully CJ Mosley and Quentin Williams will be back so they can try and maybe cover that 21 point spread or whatever it is. But I expect the Patriots much like that win against the dolphins to, to, to coast through this one and get an easy win at home.
1: Yeah. I would just more use this as a talking point to say, hopefully Sam Darnold is ready to go by, uh, by week five after their are so they can try to salvage, um, what's left of their season. Obviously there's some time left, but scary, uh, Scary odd injury for for or sickness for Darnold. Um, hoping that hoping that he can be back week five to save the season, but you know, wishing him the best. But yeah, this one's definitely one where the Patriots are most likely gonna win.
2: Falcons at the Colts, and this is a pretty interesting game. Falcons, like we kind of teased earlier, coming off a big win against the Eagles. And the NFC South with this breeze injury is way up for grabs and it would be a big spot for them to get a win in Indianapolis against a Colts team that has clearly shown that they're not giving up at, at anything for this year. They're a tough beat, and it should be an interesting one at Lucas Oil.
0: Yeah, it definitely should, man. And, and like you said, with Breeze going down and, and Cam's the uncertainty with Cam Newton in, in his play this year, and the same thing goes with Jameis Winston, uh, You know, they need to take advantage of this six-week stretch and just assume that the Saints... You know, if the Saints go three and three with with Teddy B, who is probably one of the better backups in the NFL, uh, the, you know the, the onus is on the Falcons to really take advantage of these next six weeks and, and win some games. Obviously, again, the Falcons are in a dome per the, per the Clep stat, and and this is a you know a Colts defense that I think they they clearly have the advantage on in terms of weapons with with Mohamed Sanu, Calvin Ridley, and, and Julio Jones. I mean, I think those three right there. I mean, I don't know who's going to be guarding who, you know, however they're going to try and and double Julio. They still have a clear advantage with with Ridley and Sanu. And I think this really just comes down to this offensive line playing a little bit better and Matt Ryan playing better because, you know, if you take out the, the Falcons defense and just, you know, grant the fact that the Colts might be able to relatively keep up with them, this Falcons offense needs to carry them. Yeah, you know, through games like this, and and I really expect a bounce back uh, game from from especially Matt Ryan and in his play to to uh, you know get better, and I expect a, a big win for the Falcons. They're 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 one leg of my my parlay that we'll get to at the end of the the, the we uh, the episode. So yeah, big on the Falcons this week. Still
1: have a lot of faith in this Falcons team. Thought that was a, a a gutty win on Sunday night. Really really impressive to be able to. I know the Eagles were a little bit hampered, but still. A game the Falcons needed to win, and they did win. Um, I think this is just kind of one of those games where the Falcons, if they want to assert themselves early on as a playoff team and really put that Minnesota game in the rear view, um, two wins in a row would be a great recipe to do that. And this is a game that I think they should win. I think they're the better team. Um, Definitely going to be a tough matchup. This Colts team is going to fight. brissett has been playing solid. Um, They're both one and one, so, you know, Big game, big game for both teams. But like I said, you know, the, if the Falcons want to assert themselves as one of the better teams in kind of a hampered division and uh, one of the better teams in the NFC, which they definitely still can do, these are the types of games that they're going to have to win. I remember them losing a game to Cincinnati last year, close. Um, and ultimately losses like that will lead to missing the playoffs when you are a team that's talented enough to make the playoffs. So I think this is a very important spot for the Falcons, and I have full confidence that they'll go into Indianapolis and win this game.
2: Yeah, I mean, that, a big win against the Colts would be good for them, putting behind that week one performance, especially because this is another road game, and that week one loss came on the road as well. But let's talk about those Vikings who have the Raiders come to town. And the Vikings kind of disappointed me last week, not that I'm you know, ever rooting for another NFC North team to do well, but I really thought it would be a game where they'd come into Green Bay and win it, and they had more than enough opportunities to do so, but Kirk Cousins seems to keep holding them back, and I don't know what it is with him, man. He just can't really get it done when it counts. He threw that brutal pick to Kevin King when they were basically knocking on the goal line, and... And the, the Packers, we'll get into that, that too, Lee. You and I are kind of with this kind of thing with the Packers where they didn't look too sharp either. So frustrating loss if you're a Vikings fan uh, in that one, and you should win at home against the Raiders, kind of a get-right game here in Week 3 for them, you would think.
0: Yeah, I mean, and this kind of, to, to touch upon what you and I were talking about, Clep, last week, uh, Kirk Cousins seems to be a guy that is is fine in playing teams that are at their level or... A little bit worse and especially you know when it comes down to a quarterback duel with Aaron Rodgers I'm just not confident enough in, in his ability to play big in those big games those big divisional games for me to really trust this Vikings team uh going forward because they have all the, I mean Dalvin Cook has been lighting the league on fire and has been you know the best running back in the NFL so far through two weeks and then you know their defense is, is still scrappy scrappy as all heck and and is going to be playing really well and I expect this to be a bounce back bounce back game for the Vikings and, and beating a Raiders team that looked good in week one and, and was a little bit impressive in the first half of that of that Kansas City game. but ultimately just does not have the talent um, you know to, to compete with a Vikings team like this, especially at home. So I'm expecting a, a nice Vikings win and uh, you know they're, they're the second leg of my parlay. So uh, I like the Vikings pretty big in, in uh, at home against Oakland.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm in lockstep with you, Tommy. I, I, as someone who picked the Vikings to go to the Super Bowl, um, I would be in full-blown panic mode if they lost this game to the Raiders, and I would be wanting to change my pick immediately, um, especially after the 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 pile of crap that Kirk Cousins left on the field in in Green Bay last week with multiple opportunities that any somewhat competent quarterback would be making at least you know one of those opportunities capitalizing on one of them getting help from every aspect of the team Um, like you said Tommy with Dalvin Cook and the defense um, the offensive line has looked a little bit better too but yeah this is just a game where I expect the Vikings to handle the Raiders Uh, I think the Raiders are going to play hard every week um, I think they're a team that's going to end up winning six games this year, maybe five, but, but six is, is more of a level where, you know, they, they can end up being a trap game for some teams. I think Derek Carr is a pretty solid quarterback. I think that they're kind of just one of those teams that's going to get after it um, like they did in the first quarter last week until the Chiefs started to really pull away. But I, I expect the Vikings to really uh, keep – not keep pace with the Chiefs, but do a similar thing to the Raiders that the Chiefs did. They're at home – uh, the Raiders are traveling a pretty long way, coming off a pretty bad loss where a lot of their juice got, you know, poured out, um, you know, in Kansas City. And this is just a Vikings group that I have a lot of faith in this year, and I expect Kirk Cousins to get back to uh, at least playing well enough to to win this game by by two possessions or more, quite honestly. So yeah, I have a lot of confidence in the Vikings. See, this is a, a bit of a scary matchup just because the Raiders have looked kind of tough, but would be very disappointed if the Vikings were to drop this game.
2: The Ravens are going to Arrowhead this Sunday and kind of their first big test of the season. They've beat up on the Dolphins in week one and they pretty much handled the Cardinals in week two at home. This will be a big test for Lamar Jackson too. I think the Chiefs defense is not you know great, but it's going to be better than Miami or and Arizona. At least it's going to be better scheme-wise for sure and Lamar's been throwing the ball well you got to give credit where credit is due he's had nice uh, ball placement and anticipation for sure things that he was struggling with last year so there definitely seems to be some sort of uh, sophomore leap from from him this year and especially with the Ben Roethlisberger news that he's going to be out for the season I kind of viewed this as the Ravens division to win now Uh, and I think that The Chiefs will probably win this one, it being their first home game. They're coming off 2-0. Mahomes seems to be all-worldly, just like he was last year. But uh, the Ravens, at least uh, making this, like we were saying with the Lions and the Eagles, maybe uh, just a one-game possession in the fourth quarter would do a lot for my confidence in terms of picking them in the future and pegging them as a team likely to make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, Clep, I couldn't agree more. Obviously, you got to give credit where it's due with Lamar Jackson, who's really Shown improvements, pushing the ball downfield and throwing with a little bit more accuracy from the po- uh, from the pocket. And you know, I won't. You know, the Chiefs' defense, I think, is is pretty solid. They're obviously not one of the more intimidating units in the NFL. But this will be a great great test, and I would love to see this this game get flexed to the four o'clock slate so I can actually watch it with a little bit more intent. Uh, but you know, obviously, it's you know, it's week three. They're probably not going to flex it out, and it's it's a one o'clock game, unfortunately. But I think this is going to be the, you know, the most interesting and perhaps the best matchup, most obviously the best matchup of, of the slate. And I expect it to be a shootout. I think it should go over that 55-point total that it's set at right now. Uh, and, and I'm really just looking for You know what the Chiefs are going to do. You know that their defense is going to play relative, bend, don't break. And you know their offense is going to light up the scoreboard, especially. you know And it'll, it'll be a good test for, for them going up against a Ravens defense that has been really awesome so far this year. Uh, And, you know, is coached incredibly well, but in their home opener, I think that, you know, the, the chiefs, it's it's too hard to, to bet against them in their home opener. I, if I had gun to head, I probably would take the Ravens plus seven, but I I probably will not be touching this game. I'm more like the over 55 in this game. Uh, And I just expect a great, you know, entertaining football game. And and I really want to see what this Ravens defense is going to do to try to limit Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know They have a very talented secondary, and, and their defense is playing well. So this is the game that I'm probably the most excited for, but I, I'm, I'm picking the Chiefs uh, and hopefully a close game.
1: Yeah, I'm expecting some fireworks in this game. The Ravens and Chiefs have, lo- have looked like two of the best teams in the league so far. Um, I think the Ravens are getting a tiny bit overhyped just because of the clinic they put on week one against the Dolphins um, and, and how well Lamar Jackson really was throwing the ball. Um, I expect the Chiefs to kind of pull away in this game uh, and, and maybe cover that seven, but I expect it to, both teams definitely to have their, have their flashing moments. And um, kind of like Club said, I really hate to be admitting it this early in the year, but this is kind of the Ravens' division to lose at this point. The Steelers are already playing catch-up uh, two weeks into the season, um, and the Ravens have looked like the best team in the division. Definitely uh, in for a very, very exciting matchup, but I expect the Chiefs to kind of assert their dominance as one of the elite teams in the league in this game, and um, really looking forward to watching it.
2: The Broncos last week got hosed, and now they go to the other NFC North power in the Packers. And unfortunately, the Packers, for me, don't look like they're going to have a last-place season and a one-and-done coach, as I prophesized. But I think there's reason to believe that they're not as good as people might think they are. Uh, however, I will say uh, starting off the season with two in-division wins against the Bears and the Vikings is pretty much all you can ask for. Yeah, NFC North games are always uh, up in the air, and for them to do that is is somewhat impressive no matter if – Maybe they haven't looked right offensively uh, in most of those quarters. But with the Broncos coming in, the Broncos' offense is just not that good. And I will issue a quick apology to uh, Tommy Murray. Emmanuel Sanders is, is quite the player this year coming off of his Achilles tear. He was lighting up the uh, the Bears, and he was always open. So that was interesting to see from him. Uh, mostly, Most of the time players don't come back so well from Achilles injuries, and he looks uh, just as good as he's ever been. But – at home, it's too tough a task for the Broncos to come in here and, and beat a Packers team that has a little bit of momentum going.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to touch a little bit more on that Broncos-Bears uh, game in, in the Bears preview of the Monday night game because I completely agree with you, Klep. Uh, You know, the Broncos got hosed. That Bradley Chubb roughing the passer call is awful, and I hope that the NFL will start to address kind of the you know the bs ruling that they have with roughing the passer and how it just doesn't really apply to you know the physics of of the real life nfl and and what you're dealing with with supreme athletes who you know are 300 pounds and you know that's a conversation for a different day but uh the packers i i'm still waiting for this offense to start to click a little bit more Um, I'm not reading too much into the beef between uh, LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. I I hope that was just a sign of uh, two competitors and, you know, two guys that want this offense to be better and are are working towards a specific goal and and this team being, this offense potentially, you know, hopefully matching this defense because I think this defense has performed really well in the first two games. Obviously, they had a little bit stiffer of a test in, in Minnesota than they did week one against Chicago, but... This is a uh, you know this is the third leg of my parlay and I think it's a virtual lock that the Packers are going to win at home against a Broncos team that they have the advantage you know in almost every position I would say that they you know the Packers are just a much better team and I expect them to get a, a relatively easy win at home and hopefully you know their offense can start to get it together against the Broncos defense that has a lot of talent but is unfortunately on the field way too often with you know the lack of offense they have.
1: Boy, we've been pretty boring with our picks. We've all picked the exact same teams in every game. Um, we're all pretty confident on our sides this week. I really, really want to pick the Broncos in this game. I really do. I just don't. I just can't really do it. Um, I expect them to definitely keep it closer than people think. Um, I think the Broncos team is this Broncos team is pretty gritty. Uh, Fangio has his experience playing against Aaron Rodgers and scheming against Aaron Rodgers. Not that I don't think that's going to be the winning advantage, but. Um, it's definitely there. The Broncos have a pretty solid defense. Uh, I, I definitely expect it to be a competitive game, but uh, I can't pick the Broncos in this game. The Packers have just looked, you know, they've, they've looked too good so far. Um, definitely had some concerns after they scored 21 points in that Minnesota game. Their offense kind of went to sleep, um, and Kirk Cousins really didn't have the ability to take advantage of that, and that was a shame. I don't really think Joe Flacco would have the ability to take advantage of it either. Um, I think this Packers team is just kind of better all around. Broncos could make it, you know, a little exciting uh, and and, and closer. The Packers showed an ability to definitely fall asleep at the wheel um, in terms of of scoring production. After scoring, I think, 21 points in the first quarter and then none for the rest of the game. Uh, But ultimately, I just believe that the Packers are going to, you know, they're going to win this game at home against their worst team.
2: I think, if I'm not mistaken, Cam Newton is out for this week with his, his foot injury, correct? So
0: It's not official yet, but that's
2: that's where everything, that's all the signs are pointing to that. Yeah, I mean, I heard that it said that there's no timetable for his return, so I would... <laughs> or or the timetable well, for the injury. And,
0: I mean, yeah, he's in a boot, and he hasn't looked healthy from his shoulder injury from last year, regar- you know, regardless of that, and now he's dealing with that foot injury, so... I mean if I mean if I was a Panthers fan, I would want them to shut Cam down for the year and see what you have in Kyle Allen and Will Greer. And I mean, I know that's kinda of, that's kinda of tough. That's a kind of, shut
1: him down for the his career's over if you shut him down for the year, I think. Well, I think his career's over if he plays the rest of this year out as at vulnerable yeah. health and then and, let's start talking about how maybe Cam this may be Cam's last year in the NFL. I think if if, we've he, seen so far. if he
0: had the personality of Andrew Luck, I think he would be he would already have shut it down. But I think this guy lives for football, and it and it you know, it is such a big part of his life that I could see him, you know, continuing to play even though he may not be fit to wear the shirt, as we like to say. But uh, and not to c- cut you off, Club, with your analysis, uh, I guess I'll, I'll pick it up. But I'm hoping that the Cardinals can can even out with the Lions after this week. The Lions take an L, and and I and we can keep up in that. In that prophecy we got, because I think the Cardinals are, are going to beat this Panthers team. I think they have the advantage on offense with Cam or without Cam. I'd be picking the Cardinals if Cam was playing. Uh, and, you know, the Panthers, I think, have the advantage on defense. But Kyler has been has looked really good, in my opinion, with the surrounding talent that he has. And I think this team is continuing to be a work in progress. They impressed me against the Baltimore team that they clearly uh, were worse than. And I'm expecting them, you know, back at home, to not be the slow starters that they were in week one against Detroit and really kind of come out and start to capitalize on a lot of those early drives. And, you know, we've seen that this offense can be incredibly dynamic and electric, and Kyler Murray can keep this team in, in any game, I believe, against any team. So uh, I'm picking the Cardinals for to get their first win of the season here.
1: Yeah, uh, I did want to say, Cleb, no disrespect, but I think you underestimated. Obviously, the Ravens handled the game last week, but the Cardinals, man, they were knocking at the door for most of that game, really keeping up. Kyler was impressive. The one thing I do have to say as a knock is that it really seems like they have some serious trouble converting in the red zone, and a lot of their really impressive drives result in field goals, which is a really hard way to win games in the NFL. You have to be able to convert. Uh, in goal-to-go situations, and Kyler, obviously young and still still learning, but needs to be able to convert in some of those goal-to-go situations to, to compete as the season goes on. Tommy, again, in lockstep with you. Cam's playing. Cam's not playing. Uh, I don't care. I think the Cardinals are going to win this game. I think Kingsbury and company have showed us Maybe not that you know they haven't proved anyone wrong yet or proved anyone right yet, but they, they sure have kind of looked impressive at points, and they've looked like this whole operation could end up working at some point. Um, and, and Kyler has been, besides converting in goal-to-go situations and getting off to somewhat slow starts, he's been looking like a number one pick. And I expect him to continue to progress as the season goes on, to get better, uh, to, to get better reading defenses as the season goes on. And uh, this is, a, I think, a big, big, big point in the Cardinals' seasons and the Panthers' season to be able to uh, you know, get that first win and uh, they're at home and send the Panthers to 0-3, which would be a, a pretty disastrous. That's when you really would consider um, shutting Cam down, for not only for the better of Cam, but maybe for the better of your future to get a better draft pick because uh, playoffs aren't looking all that possible this year if you start at 0-3. So I like the Cardinals in this game, um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to see Kyler, man, week by week seeing him progress. It's been fun to watch him, and I'll be looking for him to convert against a pretty tough Panthers defense in goal-to-go situations. It, before, before you get on this, I, this is my ris- risky survivor, by the way, I forgot to mention. So. I was going to make it mine, but you know I got one later. So, yeah, throw that, throw that on, on Tommy. <laughs>
2: um. I will say I'm going to pick the Cardinals on this one, too. And, Lee, I thought you made a great point about the red zone stuff because I was going to talk about that briefly as well. And I think it – I don't know if it's going to be something that exactly goes away because I think it's just somewhat of a product of that spread system that it works really well when you have 40 yards of field in front of you. But then once the field condenses and they don't go under center and have any sort of a power running game, even with a guy like David Johnson, you're just going to have trouble converting touchdowns in the NFL –
0: well, I was just going to say, if they want to tweak it, I would expect them to put Larry Legend in, in some of those situations because they really, you know, Hakeem Butler's done for the year. They don't really have a, a big-body
1: target. They don't use the tight end at all, really. They they did, man. They were at the goal line against Baltimore, and they tried to Larry, I think, two times in a row on on second and third down. They did fades to him, and it just wasn't really working. Kind of like what Klepp said, I agree. Like, it might just be an issue where – they get those deep balls to Larry and God bless Larry, we all know he's a, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, but he doesn't necessarily have the burners to take it to the house. So then you get in these situations where it's almost like their playbook gets shortened uh, in the red zone, and they just only have X amount of things to do. The reason I think that is just because of how often they were going to the fade. Um, it was almost kind of predictable that they were just going to try to get Kyler to take the take his drop and just shoot that fade and try to drop it into a bucket for Larry, and it's kind of a hard thing to do. Uh, it, it works sometimes, but to not have many other plays in your arsenal to use uh, in the red zone is kind of scary. So I, I'm going to be interested to see kind of what the production is in the red zone from the Cardinals.
0: And, and before we move on real quick, uh, you know, they, they had a tough matchup last week against that Ravens secondary, and I think they have a clear advantage over this Panthers secondary, you know, especially with, with Larry Legend and, you know, Dante Jackson is their number one corner who's a, a you know, kid with potential, but, and I think he can play, but I think they have a clear advantage with not only their system but, the, you know, the personnel they have with it. So I'm, I'm kind of looking to that.
2: It is Daniel Jones' season in New York. It only took two games for the Giants to understand what everyone else had been seeing with Eli Manning. And I don't know who to pick in this Giants-Bucks games. It's a pretty big toss-up. I feel like this may be the first game where we have conflicting picks, but um, maybe not. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers just because I don't think that the Giants... Obviously, Eli was an issue. Uh, he definitely was a problem for the offense, and I think it's right to go with the guy that you drafted high who impressed well in the preseason, but... Their defense is still awful. And I, I think that the Buccaneers can score, you know, over 25 points. And I don't know if Daniel Jones is going to be able to keep up with that in his first game, especially when uh, Todd Bowles has been doing a pretty nice job with uh, lesser than great talent on that Bucks D.
0: Yeah, Clep, I'm lockstep with you. And, and I believe that Daniel Jones will, you know, ultimately starting this week be an upgrade over Eli Manning just because of how awful Eli Manning has been for the past past three years, no surprise there, but uh, so I expect that the Giants offense is going to, you know, relatively keep up with the Buccaneers offense. You got to, you know, and another thing about the Buccaneers from that Thursday night game, Jameis didn't turn the ball over and actually looked like he was making good decisions with the football and, and wasn't being as reckless as he was, especially in week one against San Francisco. And, with that being said, I think, you know, the Giants' secondary is arguably the worst secondary in the NFL, and I expect Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and hopefully O.J. Howard, who has been invisible through the first two games, to, to kind of step it up and and really bring this Bucs team to a victory, like we were saying with the NFC South. Obviously, you know, other than Lee, you and I aren't huge believers in the Buccaneers, but hey, this is a wide-open division, and they, they really need to win this game before, uh, you know, I believe they play... Carolina or, or New Orleans next week. So they have a division game next week. This is a crucial win uh, if they get it. So I expect them to get it.
1: Yeah, man, that week one loss to the 49ers at home really took the wind out of my sails. No pun intended as, as a Buccaneer guy. Um, just brutal, 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 brutal from Jameis. The, the Niners didn't even look great, but definitely were capitalizing on their opportunities way more than the Bucs were. Just a very sour way to start the year. Nearly just lost all my confidence in this team after watching that. But, you know, you got to give it a little bit of time. And then nothing can restore, you know, the faith and give you that Fresh jolt of confidence, like a road win against a division opponent. Who you know you're a touchdown underdog in the game. So definitely back on on Buccaneer Island over here. I think the Bucks are going to handle them this game, man. I've picked the Giants uh, last week against the Bills. Was expecting to see a little bit more. Definitely regret the pick. Uh, think Daniel Jones. You know I've been kind of really hard on him. He definitely had a good preseason. Don't, don't think he's a great quarterback still. I don't think preseason, really. We've seen these second-year guys like Baker and Darnold and Josh Rosen, who's not even starting. Obviously, Lamar's done well, but we've seen all these guys just really struggle at certain points. I, 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 it's just hard, man. It's really hard to be a quarterback in the NFL. Uh, someone like Jameis, who's a five-year veteran or whatever, can, can, can prove that, too. And this is just a game where I think the Buccaneers get, get kind of on track. This division is wide open. They do play the Saints next week, and these are games they really have to win. And I think that their defense is kind of just Todd Bowles is going to overwhelm Daniel Jones, and Daniel Jones is going to look like the Daniel Jones that everyone who was disappointed with the draft pick and the Giants fan base uh, expected. I think he's going to look like a rookie out there, and the Buccaneers are going to take advantage of that and win this game by multiple touchdowns. I I like him by 14 or 17.
2: The Seahawks got a big win in Pittsburgh last week, and they host the breezeless Saints now. So a game where I would, probably would have picked the Saints if Breeze was playing, but I'm gonna now go with the Seahawks. Teddy Bridgewater, I don't know, he hasn't really been that impressive. I didn't think in any, any, at really any point he didn't do that well against the Rams, even in the preseason or in games in past, uh, like last year when he's been had a chance to play with Breeze sitting out week 17. He hasn't exactly been uh anything for you know proven so uh the Seahawks despite their somewhat lack of talent they're coached well and seem to play well together and Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll are just good you know good people to have captaining your ship so I'm rolling with uh, Seattle
0: yeah clap I'm going with Seattle as well um I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Saints win, but if they if they are gonna win, I think this offense is gonna have to be a little bit dumbed down and a little bit different than what they were used to running with Drew Brees. And and I, you know, I expect Sean Payton to switch up the game plan a little bit with with Teddy B, who is a little bit more of a, a game manager and a West Coast guy. And I think, you know, they definitely have the personnel and Bridgewater is good enough for them to beat a Seahawks team that I think may be a little bit misleading and and obviously they got a really nice win last last week in Pittsburgh, but uh, you know they've they've kind of struggled. Uh, you know they struggled against Cincinnati and struggled against a better Steelers team. So I think they're right to be beat. But you know in Seattle with that 12th man, uh, I'm going to take the Seahawks to to be three and zero. And you know the Saints team uh, is going to have to go back to the drawing board uh, at one and two.
1: Yeah, I'll give a little bit of of, of uh, you know I'll defend Bridgewater a little bit. You know it's kind of a lazy excuse, but. Um, Coming into a game against the Rams on the road, it's a tough thing to do as a backup quarterback. I know he didn't look great, but I I definitely expect him to look at least a little bit better as a game manager, Um, you know, going into a matchup where he knows he's the starter, he has a game plan, um, and he can do a little bit more envisioning, I guess. But uh, I'm confident in the Seahawks in this game. Uh, I've I've been loving what the Seahawks have been doing uh, this season. Obviously, you know, scary week one against Cincinnati, eked out the win, and then you go to Pittsburgh and get a win. Uh, in a game that obviously Ben went down, but still a big win for the Seahawks to get. Now you're coming back home against a hampered Saints team. This is just classic Seahawks taking advantage of of you know obviously injuries are awful, but when they when they play into your favor, you got to take advantage of that. And I think the Seahawks have been compensating for their losses in the secondary pretty well. And Russell Wilson is just an absolute stud. He's 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 a superstar. So I think that that train is going to continue to roll. Um, on both sides of the ball. And I expect the Seahawks to win this, win a close one. I mean, both their games have been close. I think Bridgewater will play a little bit better. The Saints definitely have some talent and good play calling. But uh, I expect the Seahawks to win this one at home. We still have not picked a game different <laughs> from each other. <laughs> well, we I, literally, we have four games. I have a left. feeling we're about
2: to. Maybe. I mean, this is the Texans visiting the LA Chargers, and this is going to be my risky survivor of the week. I'm taking the Houston Texans a week off of, you know, playing a close one against the Gardner Minshew Jags. Um, I just think this is a get right game for the Texans, and I think the Chargers might start sliding a little bit here. Uh, I think you saw in that Lions game you know both neither of the lions or the chargers have great coaches but i think a better coach would have won that game for the chargers even with the injuries that they had and i just think the texans go to la and start to assert themselves a little bit more as the team to beat in the afc south
0: yeah i'm i'm probably not going to touch this this at all in terms of betting or but i'm leaning to the chargers and i think this is going to be a get right game for them i think this could be a get right game for both of these teams but I think the Chargers are just coming off a brutal loss in Detroit. I would like to think that this team is going to regroup, uh, you know, relatively well. And, you know, obviously they don't have too much of a home advantage, but going back home and, you know, Austin Eckler, man, is just a hell of a football player. I loved watching him, you know, week to week, especially, you know, watching that Lions game last Sunday, this guy does everything. Bless you, Adam. This guy, this guy does everything. uh, And, you know, could possibly could possibly expand their offense more than Melvin Gordon does. I, I don't know. That's just something that I, I was thinking. I mean, the type of player that he is, you know, out of the backfield receiving the ball and also you know running through the tackles. I think he's just a really impressive football player. And I think the Chargers are just a better team than the Texans. I think the coaching probably is a wash. Deshaun I think is better than Phillip Rivers, but I think outside of that, uh, I think the Chargers have overall a better a better offense and a better defense. Um, so I'm just kind of leaning chargers. I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Texans win, but, again, I'm leaning chargers.
1: Yeah, I, I don't even know what to say about the Texans, man. It's really disappointed. They, disappointing. They, they've looked pretty bad um, in both games. They've played, obviously, definitely some way, way more flashes of of the greatness that could be on the offensive side of the ball in week one. Um, And I just think this is going to be a get-right game for them. I really hate picking Bill O'Brien just because I think he's really spoiling a lot of what Deshaun Watson has to offer. Um, And I think this franchise ultimately has spoiled a lot of what Deshaun Watson has to offer right now. Um, This Texans team is just simply too talented, I think, this year uh, to to continue to be playing this bad. I think last week was a definite wake-up call. Um, in a game against a backup quarterback and kind of a, a team that's in tatters a little bit in the, in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, and I expect the Texans to go to LA where there is no home field advantage and beat a Chargers team that I do not have a lot of faith in this year. I mean, the, the Lions win last week was great, and, you know, week, week two we got a win in the books, which is always nice, but I didn't think it was that impressive on either side. And I think the Chargers are kind of just a team that is clearly regressing. Um, Eckler showed a lot, Tommy, but I don't think he's Melvin Gordon. Um, I think he's, he's up there. He can, he can be that, um, but I don't think that, but I also don't necessarily think that that's the issue. I just think this is a Chargers team that's kind of hurt and kind of tired in a way. I, I think they're, they're tired of the coaching and they're tired of the, the, just that turnover late in the game, just how snake bitten this Chargers team is. I just find it really hard to be confident in them even at home. Um, so I, I, I like the Texans a lot in this game. Uh, I think Deshaun Watson is going to get it back right. That offense is going to get it back right. And the Texans are going to win on the road. And then, uh, a potential X factor that I look for in this
0: game is both of these teams, you know, offensive lines have really struggled, especially the Chargers, man. That looks to be a potential killer for, for their season. So I think whoever can kind of win that battle in the trenches, they both have pretty formidable uh, defensive lines, I think will will kind of be the X factor in in this
2: game. Lee, do you want to bring us to the Steelers at 49ers?
1: Yeah, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to flex too hard on this one because um, I'm confident, but at the same time, definitely have to tip my cap to the 49ers. Uh, similar to the Bills, two road wins against teams that aren't great. Um, at least the Buccaneers really weren't playing great at all. Um, you know, got to give credit where it's due. Those are, those are two hard-earned wins on the road, and now you get your home opener against A Steelers team, and I was just talking about the Seahawks, how you got to take advantage of of the injuries on the other side. Ben Roethlisberger, obviously down. James Conner, been dealing with some injury stuff. He'll probably be playing, but still maybe a little hurt. Um, But I I ultimately think that there's only one undefeated paper tiger in the NFC West, and it's the San Francisco 49ers, Um, a team that I still – the play calling has been good. Garoppolo's looked good at points, but I still just think this team is – is primed and ready for a loss. Um, And this is a point in the Steelers' season where still very early, we're in the first quarter of the season, but this is a game that the Steelers really do need to win. Um, Mason Rudolph, I think, is ready for this opportunity. Uh, I think that he may be better than people think. I think Mason Rudolph has a lot to prove um, against a kind of mediocre secondary, in my opinion, that's been playing over their level of... Of skill this year Um, and you know, I'll tip my cap to the 49ers if they continue to do that if they continue to play Over the level of skill and may just have to take a long hard look in the mirror and admit that their secondary and team Ultimately may be better than I think, but I just think this is a point where the Steelers are coming off a tough loss at home Um, They're traveling a long way, which is kind of rough uh, against an undefeated team And this is where the Steelers have to get it right Mason Rudolph has to execute And they have to start trying to do some things that they haven't done this year and expand their offense. And i got to bring up the acquisition of Minka Fitzpatrick. I'm assuming he'll be playing this weekend, hopefully bolstering that secondary, bringing a little bit of juice to that secondary, a former first-round pick, highly touted secondary prospect, or safety prospect, corner prospect out of Alabama. Excuse me. Um, But a guy who I think ultimately is just going to bring a pretty big jolt to this defense. Their pass coverage has been pretty bad, and, I expect the the Steelers to uh, prove that this is a true trap game for the 49ers. I think they're a touchdown underdog and really give Garoppolo and that Niners offense fits this week. I I, I do have to add, this is my risky survivor lock of the week. I'm putting it all out there on the Steelers on the road. I think that their season relies on this game. I think the 49ers are overvalued. Um, I expect it to definitely be a close game, and I expect – more people to be talking about Mason Rudolph on, uh, on, on Monday and Tuesday for, for good reasons than for bad reasons. And I could totally get burned on this one, but I've got confidence that the Steelers will get things right and continue to compete this year um, with a backup quarterback. I think it ultimately maybe could be a boost for this team. I mean, Roethlisberger has been playing awful. Um, maybe their offense needs a change. Maybe they need to be trying to get the ball to James Washington a little bit more. Um, and that's kind of like what I alluded to earlier. You know, just trying some different stuff. A lot of the their their schemes seem pretty stale, and um, if they you know they got to pick it up soon because things are not going to get much easier, and the record's not going to get any better if they don't.
0: Yeah, Lee, I agree with a lot of what you just said in, in reference to Mason Rudolph and especially James Washington. As a daily fantasy guy, James Washington is going to be on a lot of my teams because I think that, 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 that Oklahoma State-Cowboys connection is 100% real. He did not have the same chemistry with Big Ben Roethlisberger, and I expect him to be a little bit of an X-factor for the Steelers' offense. But with that being said, I think the 49ers have a better football team right now. I think they have a better quarterback. I think they have a better coach, and I think they got a better defense. And and I you know maybe they don't have the skill positions that the Steelers have, but I think with the way that Kyle Shanahan uh, what he brings to the table as a play caller and what he's been able to do in years past with, with severely hampered talent and this team that has dealt with injuries for two years straight, I really expect uh, you know I think this is the 49ers year. I really like what they got cooking in the front seven. You guys you guys uh, you know Fred Warner has been has been balling really early and, and you guys touched upon the the secondary which you know has been uh, overperforming and I just you know I don't I would probably take the Steelers on the spread. I think this is gonna be a close one possession game. Uh, and but I just am leaning towards the 49ers. I, I think that you know this is a game that they need to win much like the the Bengals was uh, game was and you know this is them at home in a in a real step up spot uh so you know the rams are 2 and 0 potentially could be 3 and 0 the seahawks are 2 and 0 potentially could be 3 and 0 and the 49ers are in that same boat so if they want to keep up with the rest of the division uh, they're going to need to be uh, need to win this game at home
2: yeah i mean i i agree with you Lee, that maybe the 49ers are better than we thought especially in that secondary Akella witherspoon has had been having a nice uh, two games or at least a start to this season um I'm just picking the 49ers because of Mason Rudolph in the game, and it's not like the Steelers have been that impressive even when Big Ben was playing. So uh, that just makes me lean uh, 49ers here, especially because I thought despite the fact that we don't think highly of the Bengals, uh, it was still very good of that team to kind of just go to Cincinnati on the road and completely flatten them.
1: I want to share a little, a little, let's call it a little conspiracy theory maybe, about the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Um a lot of the pundits out there are saying that they don't have a true deep threat at receiver. Um, and I think, you know, just to go in a little bit further on Ben, man, I think a lot of that is on him. I think he just looks old. Uh, I don't think he can throw the ball nearly as far as he used to. And I think that I don't want to sell too hard on, on uh, the Steelers yet, just because I do think that Mason Rudolph is a viable backup. There's a reason. I mean, maybe hindsight 2020, they wouldn't have traded Josh Dobbs away, but there's a reason why he was the one they traded away, and they're truly investing in Mason Rudolph. Uh, and I think he may—you just may be able to cut it loose a little bit more than than Roethlisberger and really take those shots down the field. So I'm looking forward to see, you know, you know how much the Steelers put on Rudolph's plate offensively because this is a pressure point for. For the Steelers coaching staff, Tommy, like you said, I mean, Mike Tomlin, if anyone's on the hot seat two weeks into the year, it's definitely him. Um, and I I really, you know, I'd like to see this with how much faith, you know, Klepp and I had in the Steelers team in the preseason. I really would like to see Mason Rudolph try to, you know, salvage some of that. Because if they lose this week, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much off the boat, unless it's a really close game and Rudolph looks really impressive and so do the Niners. Um, I just think this is where the Steelers have to get it right. So... I'm, I'm, you know, I'm picking with my heart, but this is the risky survivor, baby. I'm two and up.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just to touch upon what you just said. I think that you know Mason Rudolph, you know, this could be clap cover years. He could be a, an upgrade over Roethlisberger, but I just don't necessarily, uh, you know, know where that leaves them. I still think their defense is having major issues, and I think Minka. I don't, I don't really disagree with giving up the first-round pick for him because I don't think they're in the quarterback market. And Micah Fitzpatrick's 22 years old and was the 11th overall pick and, and fell to 11 in that 2018 draft. He was one of the more premier prospects. So I don't really disagree with them going out and getting him, but I don't expect him, whether he's playing in the nickel or he's playing safety, I don't know how much of an instant impact uh, he's going to make, especially in week one. And I just think the 49ers are a better team right now. So
2: I guess that's kind of my, my closing statement. Let's move on to the Rams and Browns Sunday night football in Cleveland. This will be a big game for the Browns here because they're coming off. Although it was a very weak jets team, they are coming off a win. They heavily disappointed their home crowd in that first game against the Titans to the point that they got booed. So you're going to have to imagine that stadium is going to be excited again, coming off a win and being one and one. So if you're the Browns, this would be quite an impressive win, but even as kind of not totally uh I don't know what the exact word is but kind of the slow start that the Rams have had uh you got to think that they'll they'll win this one against a Brown team that has kind of seemed uh disorganized
0: yeah clep I'm on the Rams too um I'm not fully off the Browns train but this is just more a testament to I think the Rams are a better team with a better coach right now and I'm just expecting I'm expecting them to you know I, I think this is going to be a close game but I just think the Rams have have a better team and are execute better right now and and I, I hope that the Browns show something and stick around and I wouldn't be shocked at all if they won but I think right now the Rams are are playing more consistent football and just offer a safer choice in terms of a win there's not really any weather that's in effect right now in Cleveland that would give them an edge obviously the the building's going to be uh you know bumping but i think the rams are the better football team right now and i and i gotta take them i would love to see the browns win though and show some of the promise that that you know the offseason offered and i and i want to see baker mayfield kind of limit the turnovers and the gun slinging moxie that i know is so much a part of his game but just really limiting the turnovers and and being a little bit more efficient of a downfield passer uh, i would like to see from him
1: Yeah, I mean, I I love this spot for the Browns, but I don't love the Browns. So, um, you know, Rams, a team I I was fading in the preseason, a team who I think still may be a little overhyped, kind of, you know, still taking care of business, definitely getting wins, but week one in Carolina, that was a very close game. And then week two between the the Cameron Jordan touchdown and Drew Brees getting injured, you know, a lot of things going in their favor. Still got to give them credit for the win. Um, On the road, you know the, the Browns, like you said, Clep, coming off that home loss Week One, where the, I, the fans probably were feeling similar to to the way they did, you know, a couple of years ago, leaving the stadium um, after that Week One game. So a big a uh, big spot for the Browns to kind of prove themselves in front of the in front of the home crowd. But I just don't really believe in this Browns team this year, man. I just don't see them as a team who's just gonna, you know. Take that step and, and and unfold as one of the one of the better teams in the league as the season goes on. I think we've seen a lot of what the Browns are so far. Um, it seemed that Nick Chubb was working really well last week uh, against the Jets, and you know I'd like to see them use him a little bit more because I think he's a great asset. But this is a spot where I like the Rams, man. I think the I think three isn't enough points, and I think the Rams are just a better team that. Coaching wise, you know, defensively they're gonna, I think, cause a lot of issues for Baker Mayfield, who has been very turnover prone early in early in the year. And then you always know Sean McVay is gonna cook up something on the offensive side of the ball that's gonna produce, you know, gonna result in in in, in points scored. So I like the Rams in this spot, and I, w- I would like the Browns if maybe if it was just a a team I liked a little bit more. Um, but I think the Rams are gonna roll to three and zero. Uh, on the road against a Browns team that I still think may be getting overhyped a bit.
2: I'm going to switch my risky survivor to the Redskins Let's
1: Let's Monday Club. Night
2: Football.
0: I'm so with you, man. I, 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 just, <laughs> just get your peace in because I can't wait to, to piggyback off of you.
2: Well, I just think that Trubisky, not only has he not improved from last year to this year, he's gotten worse. Uh, the Bears one touchdown drive of the season against the it was against the Broncos last week it was nine rushes and zero passes, I mean the guy stinks, absolutely stinks and I think the Redskins defense they they struggled in the end against uh, the Cowboys but they had a nice little week one against uh, against the eagles especially in that first half and i think maybe they can have a nice complete game against a, a lackluster bears offense and once again with mitch under the lights uh it's going to be a tough one for chicago here and I'm, I'm riding with washington
0: clep i'm riding with washington too man and you know this is a like you said man this is just more of a fate of the bears man mitch trubisky has done nothing to 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 garner my respect and despite the fact that this bears defense is is awesome and is going to keep them in every game and, and should really give a, a struggling Washington offense trouble. I just am going to take the Redskins at home in an ugly game and kind of like we did last week with the Broncos, uh, the Broncos should have won that game. I'm expecting the Redskins to to receive some of that that bad karma and, and take it out on the Bears. So I like the Redskins. For the third week in a row, my man Scary Terry McLaurin is going to light it up, just balling, just balling down in Washington. Uh, you know, the bears just,
1: you know, they're not fit to wear the shirt. So I'm going with the Redskins. I hate to do it, but I'm on bears Island, man. I, I, I I don't like the Redskins at all. I don't think they're a good team. Um, I think their defense is worse than the Broncos. I think they don't have Vic Fangio as their coach. And I think the bears are a team that ultimately, I don't think they're going to beat the very good teams, but I think they'll take care of business in a prime time spot against a team that I don't think is nearly as good as they are. If anything, their defense will shut down the Washington offense. I don't think there are any real threats on the Redskins' offense. You know, Adrian Peterson is still playing running back for them. Got to give him credit for doing it at the age he's doing it and still doing it at a pretty effective level. But I think this Bears defense is going to play hyped in the primetime position, and I think they're going to eat, a, eat that Redskins' offense alive. And then, you know, I, I despise Trubisky. I think he's awful. But uh, – You know, this is a Bears team that I still think has a really good offensive coach and has enough weapons to win a game against the Redskins on the road uh, Monday night. So I'll be happy to take the Bears in this spot. I think you guys may be overreacting just a little bit to the Bears incompetence two weeks into the season. And uh, I'm going to take that out a little bit more in spots where they're playing teams like the Vikings and Saints and, and, and Lions. So... Uh, I, I, think that, uh, I think they're going to beat the Redskins and advance to two and one.
2: Let's go into our parlays of the week. And I'll, I'll kick us off here, and I have a little bit of an unorthodox parlay. Uh, so, so get ready for it. We're going to start Let's off. Hear it. it's, it's, it's a four-piece parlay. We're going to start off tomorrow night, Tennessee at Jacksonville. We're going to hit that under, under 39. We're going to throw that under there. Then we're gonna go money line Lions and Bills on Sunday, right on that money line, and then roll into Monday night, and we'll put the Skins on the money line, baby. And uh, we're, you know, if I had the money to do it, I'd risk 100 to to win a 2.2 thou. Oh God, uh, Kleb. But uh, we'll, we'll stick to five and 100 to win 109.
1: Clep, that's an ugly parlay, but I'll <laughs> I, will, really ugly. I will give you all the credit in the world if you hit it. Um, I'll give
0: you a thousand dollars if you hit, it, man. <laughs> I'll,
1: I'll, I'll blow you. Tommy, my you shouldn't be saying things like that when you can't do that. Let's, Tommy. You want to go ahead? Uh yeah. I mean, I already said my parlay. I mean, I'll
0: have more action. So follow me on Twitter if you want to get those guaranteed hey. bucks. But but my parlay right now is Atlanta, Green Bay, and Minnesota. I threw down thirty-eight dollars to win a hundred, which I think is great value. And then I will be hitting. The Monday night teaser, once again, Redskins plus 10 and then under
1: 47 and a half. So look out for those. Um, I'm going to make this short and sweet, and it's just going to be a, a good old-fashioned, not high odds, Clep road money line dogs. We're going road money line dogs, Adam Klepp style.
2: we love to see that. We're
1: throwing Falcons, Texans, Steelers in the mixer, baby. For a three okay. a three team moneyline parlay, six dollars wins you ninety nine seventy. Um, that's my that's my moneyline parlay of uh, of the episode here. Three road dogs, not a very high winning percentage, but three teams I like head to head in their uh, respective matchups. So hoping that hoping that the football gods will be on my side this weekend. And Mason Rudolph.
2: And and Mason Rudolph boys, it was an absolute pleasure. Getting back on the pod with you boys, we're at an, we're at 70 whole minutes of, of great NFL Week Three preview content, baby. It's it's good to give this to the people.
0: And uh, quick, quick hashtag bye bye to Taco Charlton, who was cut. Uh, you know, probably the worst Cowboys draft pick of, of you know recent memory. They've usually have been really good, but that was one that I didn't like. And and that was their first year of the back judge, the 2017 draft. And I th- you liked him,
1: don't lie. I didn't like that pick. You liked him. I remember
2: telling you. I remember
1: telling you I didn't like him because I watched him at Michigan, and you were like, "I don't know, Taco man, Taco." <laughs> I, I I was confident.
2: The Supreme I was confident Taco that Mar- at the I, Supreme Taco.
0: Marinelli, the Marinelli being the defensive coordinator and defensive line coach, made me think that there was potential, untapped potential there. And again, due to their draft record, I was going to, you know. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, Exactly, give them the of the doubt.
1: But totally. good to
0: see that they but recognize you But you didn't listen mistake.
1: to your little bro. Whoa, Lee, you
0: hear that? Jerry's calling you. You got a job in the front office. <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to pump your tires a little bit. I wasn't being sarcastic at all.
1: Right on, man. I appreciate that clarification.
0: I'm serious. I'd love. I'd love to see you in our front office. I didn't even know he got cut. Yeah, he just got cut uh, about an hour or two be- hours ago. So should be
1: interest. Should be interesting to see if uh, someone makes a move on him, and and how quick someone will make a move on him. Because I don't know. I don't know what the what the value is there. Didn't really materialize whatsoever for the Cowboys as a player.
0: Yep, definitely. And they also, I mean, they just have a nice rotation. I mean, guys like just. Uh, Justin Jackson and Dorrance Armstrong are just better than him right now. And those are guys that they got in, you know, the the fourth round. So we'll see.
1: All right, boys. That pretty much wraps her up.